It's Friday, people, and welcome into a post-win pot at the palace. Say what? A post-win. This is only the second time we've been able to do this. <laughs> no, isn't that crazy? Uh, wow, that's neat. First nice. post-win pot in this room. <laughs> nice change of pace, man. Yes. Uh, I'm Curtis Wilkerson, joined as always by Scotty Borderline over from uh, Natty State Sports. We're in the studios here in Fayetteville, and wow, this, uh, this feels different. I mean, we actually have, you know... Some basketball to talk about. Yes, Arkansas beats Missouri. They get a road win, 91-84, to 84, um, and they looked pretty good doing it. I mean, encouraging stuff. Scotty, like, a dub over a winless SEC team, you know, like, it doesn't move the needle on what's been, like, a mostly disappointing season. Uh, but, damn, man, it, like, it, it's hard to win on the road, and it's always a nice thing when you beat Missouri. So, For know, sure. how are the vibes, man? They're good. Yeah, uh, I had a feeling last night when we were at Lucky Luke's that, you know, something just told me that Arkansas, Arkansas, the Arkansas pick was the was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that cashed, so that that felt good. That it, it was like a double win because Arkansas won, and the bet cashed. That was like my first bet that's cashed in a long time. So vibes are good. Um, I was excited. Like we had a long night, obviously, with the with the stream and all that. Yeah. And then after the stream, we stay and we do some, you know, shorts and, and whatnot, kind of going over the top storylines. But I was excited to come back in this morning and rewatch the game and get some get some numbers that people might be interested in. I've put out a short already with some of that stuff, maybe some of the best stuff. But, um, yeah, it feels, feels pretty good. It does feel good. Yeah, I would, I would encourage anybody to check out uh, those shorts or hop over on the website and read the stories. There's a lot of really good information in there. I, I mean, look, dude, the moment I saw Eli Drinkwitz – at Mizzou Arena last night on the screen, like I was kind of reminded of of why I feel like bothered by that school so often. There's just something about him. So it was kind of nice to see the the Hogs take a page from his playbook and stand on business. Stood and on I, business in I, his I, house. I put that, yeah, I put that in the title of uh, of my story, and uh, it it just it always cracks me up. I love the the idiots who comment on the story and they're like, "Oh, you're, Curtis, your headline is cringe." Well, no shit. Like that's exactly why I did it. Everything drink does is cringe. And I so understand. It's a quip at him. I get it. Um, it's almost as funny as people, you know, in the comments who say that we've created the rumors about Mus. <laughs> it's like pay attention to what's going on, people. But uh, it it's funny stuff, man. But you know, the wins have been few and far between for Arkansas. Uh, I think it's only right that we kind of take advantage of a victory by taking some victory laps because a pretty oh, healthy amount of the stuff that, that we touched on before the game wound up being relevant in the win, right? Yeah. And so I think a, a good jumping off point is our, our four-point play. Um, you know, some of the things we discussed there, like it started with the question, really it's like to whether or not the Razorbacks could muster up a little bit of road rage, you know, and, and double down on, on a strong performance against Kentucky. They've they sure as hell did. I mean, we threw yeah. the number out there. They they led for 97 seconds through 120 minutes in their first three row games. Uh, they were in control of this one the entire night. At 37 to 40 minutes, Arkansas held a lead. So um, I'm not shocked Arkansas won, but I was pleasantly surprised with them, you know, stacking strong performances and, and really uh, blowing Missouri's doors off because I don't think the score was indicative of the way Arkansas controlled the game. Not at all. I mean, Arkansas, what their big, Arkansas's biggest lead was 23 at one point. Um, yeah. Wow. And, yeah. you know, you look at the box score and it doesn't some of the things don't really make sense. Like Missouri made 10 threes, shot 50 percent from three. Um, but you look a little bit closer. They had seven, you know, going into the last 90 seconds of the game. 
And right. so Arkansas was, uh, they were eh, fine from, you know, defending the three. Um, but I thought they were really good. They just dominated in the lane, man. They absolutely did. And Kai spearheaded things on the inside. Again, had a second straight double-double. Um, Jalen Graham was great. I feel like I can't talk enough about Jalen Graham. And even if I kept talking about Jalen Graham, it still wouldn't be enough. It's him. I mean, he was he, Jalen Graham was him. <laughs> On Wednesday, um, and then you know you you hit the nail on the head with the Minifield thing, uh, getting a bunch of run uh, against a, a team that you know tends to floor smaller guards because they only have smaller guards it seems like other right. than Tamar Bates, um, and then you know Caleb Battle didn't really provide a bunch of offensive punch, but he helped them get out to a he helped them get out to that good start like he ripped net on his his first two threes and that's I believe those yeah. are the only ones he took yeah he hit those two threes. Um, he had a couple assists, and I think yeah. he had a couple steals, too. You look up at the end of the game, and he only played like 15 minutes. He didn't play the last 10, but I wonder if that's just because it looked like he maybe just tweaked that ankle or something. And I mean, he came back in after it happened, but I, I think he got a sizable lead in the back half of the second half. It feels like, I don't know, was there any point in risking anything? Right. So. I don't yeah. think it was like a doghouse situation or anything like that. He was yeah. he was all right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Key was playing great, so yeah. why why change anything? Blocker was being active defensively. Um, you know, hard to take Tremont Mark off the floor anytime too. Um, the quietest. What do you have? Twenty two. Yeah, Just, let him in scoring with twenty two. Yeah, yeah fairly man. quiet. Um, but I think one of the reasons that KB didn't stay on the floor more, I think he ended up. Let me double check this. I think he was O of four. Where I can't find him for the life. But yeah, he was 0 of 4 on two point field goal attempts. Three of them got blocked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you combine that with, you know, there were some off the ball fouling issues too. Like that's kind of been a constant with him mm -hmm. also. So you throw those two things in with the with the ankle. Um, right. Yeah, it kind of makes sense why his minutes were, were fairly limited. Because I, I wrote in the four point play, I was like, as long as he'll sit down and defend, I think his minutes should stay around 30. Um, because that's what he averaged, you know, against Ole Miss and Kentucky. So I, I thought that might, uh, thought that might hold up again. But it just wasn't his night. It was it was Keon Minifield's night. Yeah, and and in I the, think in that's the backcourt. Sure, and I think that's a good development for Arkansas. I really do because, you know, like we said on the last pod, you know, the point guard has been a struggle for this team. The perfect answer doesn't exist because if it did, we wouldn't be having these conversations. Uh, but Keon does strike me as the closest thing they have to a, a true point guard that brings the dynamic they need offensively. Mm -hmm. um, I thought he held up really nicely on the defensive end of the floor. And so long as he can do that, whether it's a matchup thing or him understanding the schemes or, or them, you know, finding a way to hide him to not get exploited. Um, and I don't think he's a bad defender because he's very quick. He can stay in front of a guy. He's just yeah. not strong. Yeah, he's cat quick. Like he can. Yeah, he can bite mm -hmm. on a shot fake come down and then get up really easily again. Like sure. the second and third bounces uh, defensively, I think can help him. They help him a lot. And he's, you know, he's athletic enough too. If he, if he does get uh, driven by like rearview contest, he's, you know, he's, he's long for a, a, a smaller guard, I yeah. guess. Um, so yeah, that, that always helps. That's he's, a plus. He's slippery too. So like yeah. they try to go over those ball screens and a lot of those guys kind of get popped or it's awkward, but he's, he's kind of got the ability to kind of maneuver, mm -hmm. you know, contort his body over the top of that sure. and, and recover. He's so. skinny sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just skinny guy can skinny. get skinny. <laughs> he's good at that. Uh, but yeah, he looked, he looked good and he wasn't that efficient. I mean, he, he missed some bunnies that you'd like to see him make, mm -hmm. uh, you know, around the rim and in the paint, but if you're knocking down threes and you're getting by your guy and you're creating opportunities for others, I mean, he had several 
just drop off dimes. It's just so guys wide open for yeah. dunks and Arkansas had nine dunks in this game, by the way, which is also awesome because I feel like they don't play above the rim as much as I expected them to. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a, a good showing from Minifield and something that he can build on. I think LSU is another matchup that's pretty favorable for him in terms of being able to stay on the floor defensively. So hopefully he can build off that. The offense does just look different, you know, when yeah. he's in there. So yeah, I would agree. And just one more thing on on Keon Minifield. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, I charted shots defended for everybody. Um, Keon Minifield gave up one bucket on five shots defended. That's it's pretty good, I would say. And I think I don't think he gave up his one bucket until like late in the game, like when it was. I mean, you could say the game was in hand for a long time, but it was just kind of Arkansas was just trying to get out of there at that yeah, point. I think right. that's when he gave it up. So yeah, shout out to him and uh, Jalen Graham gave up two buckets on eleven shots defended. Couple that with the Kentucky was 0 for 8 against him the mm-hmm. other night, and then Ole Miss was 2 of 5, so I think that's 4 for 424 last three games. Opponents are shooting against JG. We still got people in the mentions talking about the man's defense. Like, Man. I get it, but yeah, sometimes you just make improvements. And I kind of get it, like, from the it's the it's Missouri standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go back to Kentucky. They didn't make a shot on him, and they right. almost took 10. So, like I mentioned last night in that <clears> reel or that short that I did, I think, you know, he's. That was the most confident I've ever seen him play. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen him go off against Alabama, like a really good Alabama team mm-hmm. that had a lot of size uh, and a lot of length. And then we saw him go for, what was it, 26 or 28 against Florida the last season. Last night or Wednesday night was the most confident I've seen him play. And you can just – it's so evident, like just the bounce in his step, the flair and the sauce he's got on the passes he's making. Um, oh, yeah. He, was, he had some great passes. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. – I think him and Kai – um, I think they're they can be underrated, a little bit underrated as passers. Mm-hmm. I would say Graham seems he just seems so much more comfortable now than he did last year and than he did early in the season. I mean, he's moving different. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's just very kind of like you you're alluding to. Like it's just it's just obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's playing really well, and that's a big development for Arkansas. I also think he he's comfortable too because it, it seems like he's pretty much carved out a role. And he 100%. knows that he's going to get some time. He gets to play through some mistakes. Uh, he did have some mistakes last night, man. It wasn't like it, it was a clean game. Exactly. Like three turnovers. But, yeah. You know, you end up with four assists and you're a 6'9", six, 6'10 six, guy. That'll play. Must let him cook. And then, who, like, who is this Makai Mitchell? <laughs> like, I mean, this is, uh, this is incredible. And Muss is absolutely right about what he said in the postgame last night. Um the Makai Mitchell that Arkansas has received the last two games is as good as anybody in the league. Like you know, at that position, he's been dominant. He, Eric went as far as to say in the country. He did I'm, say in the I'm country. I'm not sure about the country. But <laughs> that that might be a little bit of a stretch. I could, I could, I could maybe see it in the, in the league. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and people are still in my mentions about this. But I, when I tweeted it out, I said, you know, like you wondered why Arkansas didn't get a big in the portal. Um, and, and it's because they thought that this is what they could get from Makai on a consistent basis. I know they haven't got that. Yeah. I also know that he was hurt all summer, and, and those things factor into it. But my point is, everybody who was up in arms about them not going and getting, you know, Adama Sanogo or Oscar Shibway 2.0, um, they really did not pursue centers nearly as hard as people thought they should or expected them to. Yeah. And the reason why is because they did have a lot of faith that they would get better returns from guys like Graham and Makai Mitchell. 
it's been up and down for him, but these last two games, we've seen what they were capable of, and you can kind of start to see that vision a little bit. Yep. Is it going to last? Are they going to play where the crap on Saturday? I don't know, but this is what they thought they were going to get. Yeah. So good yeah. for them. For sure. And I, I think it's it's been interesting. I think I don't know if it's so much last Saturday, too, against Kentucky, but you can see that Kai and, and Jalen Graham feed off of each other. Like yeah. They just kind of have a sense for what the other one's going to do or where the other one wants the ball. Um, and I think they're just constantly looking for each other. Like mm -hmm. those are those are Arkansas's two best passing bigs, I, I would say. And, I, you know, I, I think it was a couple episodes ago, um, or maybe it was after Texas A&M, you know, I said if you had to rank Arkansas's bigs in terms of passers, I'd probably put Jalen Graham at the bottom. Yeah. Last night he looked like one of Arkansas's best. <laughs> yeah. um, and he was finding Jalen Graham a lot, mm -hmm. or he was finding Kai a lot. I think he hit Layden Blocker for a layup, too. Uh, he led Arkansas in potential assists with six. I mean, I mean, no, I don't think anybody else had more than four. Point Graham. Graham had six. Point yeah, Graham. And that Euro step in, in transition. Too. Okay, that was nasty. <laughs> hey, we got we to gotta give him his flowers for that. I mean, yeah, that was. That was that was really nice. Just the footwork yeah. showing off again. And it might have been a, one of the slowest Euro steps I've ever seen, but nice. it was it was fun. It was fundamental. Yeah, that's another example <laughs> of his, his really good footwork that's not, you know, spin cycle related yeah that was cool to see and okay humor me for a minute here or at least try to follow my train of thought it i didn't expect to see the graham and makai combination on the floor because they're both non-shooters yeah right uh but it kind of reminds me of and i know both of these guys could shoot threes but it kind of reminds me of when they were starting jalen williams and connor vanover together at the beginning of of jalen's sophomore season where it actually kind of worked because they're both really good passers. Mm -hmm. And so the like the lack of spacing that comes with having a couple non-shooters, you don't notice it as much because those guys can move the ball For sure. uh, and kind of put pressure on defenses in other ways. Um, yeah, like I, I remember when there was uh, a period of time there, it was, it was Graham and Brazil would play together, and then it was Makai and Chandler Lawson. It was almost like they were platooning that for a while. And I was like, ah, well, I kind of like the Graham-Brazil idea. But I wasn't crazy about the Chandler Lawson Makai one. But the one thing I said is, well, I like that better than him going Kai and Graham because at least Chandler Lawson can space the floor and knock down a three. Mm -hmm. I think this has actually looked great so far. So I, I kudos to them. I think so too. And I think it's um, like you know, like <clears throat> in the off season we were at, we would ask questions about Makai, and it always just came back to you kind of know what you're going to get with him. Yeah. And he's the bully in the front court if you've got one. And then Jalen Graham just kind of comes with a little bit. I don't want to say it's finesse, but he's, um, it's his game's a little bit offensively anyway. I feel like it's more refined than Kai's is. Yeah. Um, and so you got a little <laughs> bit of beat you up with a little bit of, um, I'm gonna look pretty while I score on you. Right. Um, you know, type of deal. And then defensively, you know, when they're both engaged, they can be, you know, really active blocking shots. Jalen Graham's got a block in seven straight games now. It's crazy, man. Isn't that wild. <laughs> it's nuts. And he leads Arkansas in steals and blocks, and then Kai just cleans up everything on the glass. Right now, that is, I mean, you want your bigs to get on the glass, block some shots, come up with steals, and finish around the rim. And those two guys are doing it, and they're, yeah. they're complimenting the hell out of each other right now. And it, it's a little bit vindicating for me because when Arkansas got Jalen Graham, uh, one of the things that I harped on a lot was like his, you know year at his last year at Arizona State he was top 100 in the country in block percentage 
And now you think, well, okay, like top 100, whatever. There's a lot of players in this country in Division One basketball. Like that's a that's a really good mark. Um, and he had favorable marks on the defensive end of the floor too. He was horrible on defense last year, but sometimes it's just as simple as getting comfortable, understanding the scheme, finding a role, and having some confidence, and having the work ethic, which he didn't have last year. We yes. heard on and on and on about how he improved his practice habits, and we didn't get to see it because of those back spasms. It was weird in and out of the I lineup. if he had a back for a while. Exactly. Yeah, backless Graham. <laughs> backless Graham, uh, bagless Graham, whatever we wanted to call him <laughs> at the time. But, like, this is the guy that they thought they were going to get. And so it, it's refreshing to see. And Kai, um, his rebounding, man, has just been – been crazy otherworldly it's yeah huge. he's attacking he's attacking misses off the rim so well it's changed everything for this team for sure. it really has man I, so I, I can't I'm give on enough credit. cbb analytics right now and mm-hmm. I, I looked up uh combos so two-man combos defensive stats mm-hmm. um for jalen graham and makai mitchell on the floor in sec play they've played 37 minutes together um steal rates not great block rate 25.6 percent so if you add steal and block rate together, you get something called a Hakeem percentage. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. it's 34.6% and it's 100th percentile figure. It's hard, really hard to beat that. And then on the offensive side, um, you know, the offensive rating, you know, Arkansas has been bad on offense yes. in league play. So it's it's like I went into that expecting not to see a pretty offensive rating. Mm-hmm. It's 97.6 when they're on the floor together. But Arkansas shooting 50% from three because both of those guys can spray the ball out to the perimeter. Um, and then I think what I like most is pace. 92nd percentile in pace with those two guys on the floor in oh, league yeah. play. So I like that. So they're both guys want to pitch it ahead. Jalen Graham, obviously. PG, we dribble it ahead. PG, JG. <laughs> yeah, what the and heck, Kai, man? Kai will do it too. Yeah. Kai will run the floor. Both of those guys will run the floor and not afraid to bring it you know across the timeline on their own so i'm liking what they're bringing yeah no, it's it, it's good it's encouraging and again um missouri stinks like yes. we, we understand that uh but it, you feel a hell of a lot better about them going and and essentially dominating a really bad team than you know stinking it up like they have on the road uh, so it's it like must said like it's just two nice steps in the right direction and you just got to keep building off of it uh i, I want to touch on one more thing then we can we can move on from this game but 1.25 points per possession last night. That's really good. Mentioned the nine dunks. They had 56 paint points. Um, only six threes attempted. Six threes the whole game. That's the More fewest dunks in a than game. Threes attempted. You're right. It's the fewest they've taken in a game since 2005. Wow. Um, and then you got to go back to like, I think it was like 1991 or something to find another game where they've taken six or fewer threes. Um, Muss was asked about it after the game if it was an emphasis, and he said it was not an emphasis. It was a mandate. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I think everybody wanted this team to to make more threes, take more threes, and, and they kind of had the roster to do it. Um, but, heck, if it's going to look like that, I'd say just never shoot a three again. <laughs> yeah. Mean, Wasn't that crazy? Like, Caleb Battle <laughs> hits his first two threes, and I'm just like – and then Tremont Mark, I think, hit one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, this might be a night where they just – rip net all night on the road and you know end up putting 90 plus on the board they put 90 plus on the board and only made four um kb hits two and then you know they only take four more i was surprised by that but i think it was really good game plan discipline from the guys yeah um eric had a quote it was uh something along the lines of 
Uh, we didn't want to take a bunch of three-point shots, and if you settled for threes, you were probably coming out of the game and not going back in. <laughs> and so there was a big-time <laughs> emphasis on, on getting the ball in the lane. And CBB Analytics was kind enough to let me see that um, Arkansas took 61 shots, 45 of them in the lane. Love that. Yeah, that's really Absolutely good. love that, really man. Really good stuff. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so, you know, encouraging stuff there. M- moving forward, uh, Scotty, this is like it's quickly becoming fascinating to me um, because Arkansas has been shorthanded. You know, like Devo's still MIA. And it's interesting because, like, full disclosure, like, I've heard two extremely conflicting reports on his status. I just have, like, from people that I trust. But mm-hmm. on one side saying, dude, they haven't, like, they haven't heard from him, so maybe not necessarily expecting him back. And then on the other side saying, oh, like, don't be surprised if he's if he's back soon. So I don't know what the hell wow. is going on, to be honest with you. Uh, but at any rate, like, they've been without him. Brazil was... In Colombia, he, he didn't dress, didn't play, so I don't, I don't know where he's at with his recovery, you know, with the, the knee soreness and stuff. But at any rate, it's hard to deny, like, this Arkansas team has looked as connected as they have all year. Like, the chemistry improvement, it's it's just there. So does this group need reinforcements, or, or are they better suited to roll with what they've got? Like, obviously, you take Debo in Brazil – if they want to be back on, well, you know, back on the team or healthy or whatever. Uh, I'm not calling either one of them team cancers or anything like that, but, like, do, do you disrupt what's working right now to work those guys back in the mix? And if you do, like, how do you go about doing that? You just throw them right back in there, or do you ease them in? Like, it's just uh, Muss has got some decisions to make, man. It, yeah. In a way, it reminds me of when Nick was out for so long, and they were trying to reintegrate him as soon as they started playing well, and mm-hmm. then they kind of bottomed out again for a while. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Talk going with TB first in the mm-hmm. front court. Um, I would ease him back in. I think and so. I don't think like if he's available on Saturday, which that's still we don't know. We just don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, but if he is available Saturday, I'm not starting him. No, right. And I just. I just think it's you look at the last two games Arkansas's front court's put together, man, and he hasn't been a part of it, and they've played well. And I'm not even sliding TB. Sure, yeah. With that, they're just playing well, you know, with, with him not available. And it could be another one of those instances where, kind of like with the guards, you know, the point guards that those three guys in the front court right now are not looking over their shoulder because there's nobody else to put in. Like Eric's not going to throw Bayfall in there, right? Um, he's not going to throw <laughs> yeah. Dennis J. Harris in there unless there's point two <clears throat> seconds left in the first half. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I would ease, I would ease TV in and, um, just talk to him about it probably right. because, you know, TV wants to play. I think if he's, he's if I he's think available. he would get it. Yeah. I think so too. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's selfish or, um, he, he wants to win obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, he's seen up close and personal how well, you know, these these front court guys are playing right now. Are you thinking along the same lines? I think I'm very much along the same lines with, yeah, with TB especially. And I like that he's been, you know, traveling with the team. He seemed really engaged, you know, in that game yesterday. I know it it felt good. Like, he probably would have liked to play and had a double-double against his old school, but not playing and just watching his team beat the hell out of him anyway is probably, probably felt pretty good yeah. for him. He still got to enjoy that game a lot. Yeah, he got to enjoy that. I do think, and I, 
well, I'm not even going to put a thought in your head uh, and try to push you either direction. But where I'm at with Devo is, I think, very different because regardless of the circumstances, right, wrong, and different, he has been gone. He's just not been around yep. the team at all. Not been practicing, not been traveling, not been in film, not been in meetings. Uh, so, you know, if he were to return at some point, I don't think I'd play him. Like, I, to me, there would be... And again, like, I don't, dude, I don't know if, if the coaches told him to take a hike for a while or if he just left yeah. AWOL, whatever Jay Billis said. But still, there would be like a, there would be a very defined and communicated process of you come back, you practice, these are the expectations. And if we feel like you fit in the rotation, we'll get you back in there. But don't come in expecting it is kind of where I would yeah, be. Yeah, I think I definitely don't think he needs to, like if he does, if he comes back anytime <laughs> soon to expect to just be like, all right, where am I, like just 30 minutes? Right. I and it, think, it would like, be a very, I'm, I'm trying not to take a shot at Muss here, but like it would be a very Muss thing to do for Devo <laughs> to disappear for two weeks and then come back and start and play 35 <laughs> You're minutes. You're absolutely like, right, though. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just 100%. the way it is. I mean, we... We just saw it, right? Like uh, after the Kentucky game, hey, uh, what's going on with Minifield? Uh, coaches DNP. Three days later, he start or he doesn't start, but he plays thirty-two minutes. You know, L. Ellis. Ah, no, you know what? Like we're we're gonna let him rock a little bit. A uh, couple starts, a lot of playing time. Go to Missouri. Didn't didn't take his shooting shirt off. Yeah, uh, that's just kind of the way he rolls. You know, so like I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past us at all. So if, if, if Devo comes back. And Eric plays him. What specifically is he playing him for? I don't know. In terms of like, what do you need at the guard spot that you can throw him, throw him in, and just, I mean, know, feel like he helps you? Yeah, like you would like to think it would be. I didn't you know. I hope that didn't come off the wrong way. I'm just like he. If he comes back and you play him, what what specifically is he in the game to do? Is it just you know floor general type stuff or get you into your sets? Or like you've got. I'm ready to see Keon Minifield keep rocking. Yeah, let him, what he did against Missouri. Let him cook. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same uh, wavelength there. You know, my my immediate thought would be like, you be the lockdown perimeter defender that you won an All SEC award for and last the, year. Just be kind of no maintenance, get us into our sets. Yeah, from time um, to time on offense. Right, and the the only problem is like he hasn't done that nearly as much as you'd like to see this year. Yeah, uh, but who knows? And then also, Devo. He's a weird guy, and I mean that as a compliment. Like, he is the kind of guy who, you know, can, can kind of go off the rails at times, but when he's locked in, we know how good he is. And it's not yep. just the NCAA tournament. Like, he was incredible throughout all of SEC play last year. He takes a break, you know, whatever, gets his head right, works through what he needs to work through, and if he were to come back, eh, like, who knows? Maybe all of a sudden he's a 40% three-point shooter again, and then you, you have a reason to have him out there. But yeah. he would have to uh, – definitely prove some things to me or, or you know maybe complete a checklist of yeah he's gonna have to <laughs> if know. he does come back there's gonna have to be some things that get taken care of behind closed doors that you know we're he comes back and we ask eric about it he's just gonna be like you know or you know we had to we had to go through our checklist and and all this kind of stuff but we're keeping it internal yeah you know, one of those situations but yeah right. you can't just leave and then come back and just fall right back where you were. Yeah, you have to be very careful about the message you send to 
the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not me saying, oh, these guys don't like Devo or whatever, right? I think it's probably the opposite of that. If you take a look at social media, um, you know, th- there's been an outpouring of support from him, for, you know, or for him from the team. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, right? I mean, there, there's something to be said for that, you know? Like, if, if you're not rocking with me putting in the work and then you come back and you just get thrown in there, again, like, I, my biggest thing about it, and I love Devo and TB, but you got a good thing going. Be careful about disrupting that and how you, how you, you know, work these guys back in. But that's why Muskets paid the big bucks, so. You've, you've played a good 75 of your last 80 minutes, and I don't know how much I want to, you know, shake things up yeah. after you've done that for maybe the first time all year. Right. You've, you've played almost two complete games back-to-back. It's not that just complete games, but they've come Saturday and then the next time out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not – I don't think I'm changing too much. No, I if, would almost – If I don't have to. I would almost, like, regardless of, of what – let's say, you know, they got back from Columbia Wednesday night and TB was – full go at practice and Devo was sitting in the, in the facility when they got there. Um, I wouldn't play either one of them regardless this weekend at LSU. I just wouldn't, but then you got that full week yep. to get ready for Georgia. So yeah. in, in theory, you know, and again, like we're just throwing hypothetical, hell, we don't know if, if either one of them are going to play the rest of the season, but if they were able to, boy, it'd be nice if you had that full week to figure things out before you got back in a game. So sure. I don't know. I wonder if the players are looking mm-hmm. forward to that full week. I mean, it's, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know how hard you push them during yeah. that week because that's a great time, obviously, to get rest and right. recovery and rehab and all that. But well, if they win in Baton Rouge, the vibes will be good. Yeah. So maybe they'll you might know. just yeah, might just depend on Saturday. Yeah, you know, just what kind of <laughs> mood Eric, yeah. Eric hits on on a Monday. Exactly, because you never know about him. Uh, we are going to take a look ahead to to the weekend here, but before we do, we got to tell you guys about our our friends over at Alumni Hall. Uh, man, again. If you need gear, Razorback gear, baseball season's getting ready to get rolling. If you're looking for hats, jerseys, anything like that, they've got it. Basketball, they've got it. Just anything, T-shirts, hoodies, you name it, the apparel, they have it for the entire family. Father, son, mother, daughter, brother, sister, dog, cat, maybe, who knows? They might have a bird outfit. I have no idea, but they can take care of your pets. That much I know for sure. Uh, really, really good stuff. It's the ultimate Razorback shopping destination, 3417 North College Avenue in Fayetteville. Make sure you check out our link, www.nattystatesports.com slash alumni hall. Give them a look. They got some really, really high quality stuff over there. For sure. Um, Gary Thomas, my guy that's behind the Hogtoons uh, account on Instagram and Twitter, he's got a bunch of apparel and uh, T-shirts for sale in Alumni Hall in Fayetteville, too. So um, if you want to support Gary and the cool work that he does, go to Alumni Hall. Love it. Listen, here's the thing. Like we we've been very positive here, and it's encouraging. We're happy. Our vibes are better. The team's vibes are better. The win over Missouri moved Arkansas from 129 to 123 in the net. Like it's that's just kind of uh, that's just kind of where they're at right now. Moving okay, so <laughs> big picture, like this team's still facing a, a massive self dug hole to climb out of. Uh, but we are encouraged with the last couple games here, and, and the path is there for them to keep building some momentum. Um, but the must-bust rolls down to Baton Rouge this weekend to take on an LSU team that's improved, but I think it, it's very, very gettable. You know, mm-hmm. when we looked even before the Missouri game and we were thinking, like, where is Arkansas going to get a road win on this schedule? Well, Missouri and LSU were the two that we Easily were really looking the at. second most. <laughs> yes, winnable. absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, they're 11 and nine. They're three and four in the SEC. They are better than they were last season. Uh, they've lost three straight, though. They lost to Texas A&M, lost to Georgia, lost to Bama, but they have they've had a week off. So this has kind of been their bye week. So they'll be kind of well rested and well prepared, you would think, for Arkansas. Um, it's kind of weird, you know. Historically, Arkansas has been okay at LSU. I mean, thirteen and twenty on the road. That's really not that bad. Um, Must though, Must himself is zero three at LSU. Like he had the rebounding game from hell his first year. They had that ugly blowout the next year before they really turned things around, and and then they lost in that clunker uh, the same night as the Liberty Bowl last year. The only time they've won down there since he's been coaching was when he was, you know, on those on those Broward County Tic Tacs after that shoulder (laughs) surgery, and uh, and Keith Smart was in the interim. So. Um, I don't know, man. Have you watched much LSU this year? You, you got any thoughts on those guys? I actually, I think it's a pretty decent matchup for the Hogs on paper. Yeah, I have. Seen, I think I've mentioned it <clears throat> on on this pod in a previous episode. But they've got like great value, Drew Timmy with uh, oh, with, Will, with Will Baker. <laughs> There's no better he's comparison. Than seven that. foot two forty five. So he's a he's a bit of a load. And then Jordan Wright is a guy that I think obviously me and you both really really like. So good. I um, wish Arkansas would have got him. Yeah, I mean he's just he's you got to pay attention to him. Yeah, and Vanderbilt transfer man six six. He kind of he is that prototype man. He can knock down threes. And he's a more, I think he's a more complete player than I gave him credit for during his yeah. time at Vandy. He's good. Yeah, he is really good. I mean, they still got they got Derek Fountain um, and Wani Wilkinson still there. Trey Hannibal's still and there. Trey Hannibal's still there. Yeah, the human bowling ball. Yes, PTSD um, from that dude. 6'2", 221. I mean, that's... That is a bowling ball. Yeah, it's no joke. <laughs> very much so. Uh, yeah, Jordan Wright is a guy that mm. I would pay really, really close attention to. He leads him in, in threes made with 37, um, shooting about 36% from three. So he's he's a he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He's one of those tweeners, right? Like he's 6'6 mm-hmm. six, six and, and 230. Um, he's he's on a roll kind of scoring. Like he, he scored in double figures every game since – November seventeenth, and they played a lot oh, of wow. games since then. So he's he's at least he's steady for him, <clears throat> steady for him. And um, I would imagine I would have to imagine um, that on Monday when we do this show again, we might. It, does he have any? Do you know if he got any eligibility level? I don't think he does. But if he he does beyond this year, yeah. If he does, he's going up here. Did we make an addition to the board after last night's game? We did. Look at that. We sure did. Yeah, Tamar Bates. Listen. Uh, that dude was cooking against Arkansas. He had 29 in that game last night. Now, he did have six turnovers, so yeah. th- we will but point that, that out, I'll, but I'll he's just good. Kinda, I think you live with that if you're Dennis Gates, maybe the way that Eric did a little bit with, with J.D. Note and maybe some of you know his, his other top scorers because he's like the only guy on that team that's got a pulse on offense. Yeah, right? yeah, no kidding. And we, you know, it put his his build as Moses Moody light. I just think yes. they 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 look they look similar. God, they do. The build is similar. <laughs> uh, I really thought that last night while I was watching the game. I was like, mm-hmm. heart skipped a beat. Thought Moses was back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, knockdown free throw shooter, a really good three point shooter on low volume, and uh, he's on a scoring tear right now, almost twenty a game uh, in his last eleven. So he's he's somebody I would be paying attention to. He's cooking. You know, if you see his name. He uh, spreading like wildfire on Twitter in a couple months. Yeah, he started his career at at Indiana, and he was fine there. But he was definitely a guy when he entered the portal that a lot of people were thinking he would be a dude who could really blow up. 
I really think that he's a guy that could bounce. Yeah. Because this season at Missouri is not gone. No, man. Any kind of way like he he probably anticipated or was Dennis Gates pr- guarantee you he told him it was going to go better than this. Right. You know, when in that recruiting process. Yeah, it wouldn't it would not surprise me at all to see uh, to see several guys maybe from that team, especially yeah. knowing uh like this year has gone bad and I think they're to the point where they're going to start leaning on some of their younger guys and uh, Gates really went all in on the freshmen in this recruiting class for next year. I think he's got like five or six high school signees. It's a, it's a really good class, but it's it's heavy on numbers. So, you know, if you're an upperclassman, you're thinking, I don't know, like, am I going to come back here and play with nine young guys or, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he dipped. Do you have any thoughts on Aiden Shaw? I love Aiden Shaw. Arkansas recruited Aiden Shaw for a while uh, Kansas City area kid. Yeah, he is athletic as hell. That dude is super, super bouncy. Six eight two oh five. He he fits the he fits the mold. He reminds me of of Jalen Shelley, who Arkansas has signed. Uh, very similar in terms of their athleticism and some of the things that they can do. Um, yeah, I like Shaw a lot. I also like that he was shoved by Nate Oates and didn't knock him out. That shows a lot of restraint. Yeah. Uh, so he's got a good head on his shoulders. But I've talked to him before, and, and he's a good kid. And it really, Arkansas. So easy to just knock him out. Oh, dude! In been, that moment, yeah, it almost would have been worth it if he did. He would have been suspended the rest of the year. But man, uh, but he's no, he's he's a good kid. Um, and I think Arkansas really hovered around his top four or five for a majority of his recruitment, and then you know the, the Hogs zeroed in. That's when they were zeroing in on Walsh and uh, you know AB and those guys, and, and so I, I, they yeah, backed I can't off. Fault him but for that really, yeah. But he's uh, he's good, and he was heavily recruited. And he's definitely a guy that I could see who could benefit from a change of scenery. But he's, sure. uh, you know, we talk about some of those guys on that board who are like prototypes. He would uh, he would definitely fit into that category. And there's already a relationship there. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, I'm looking at his game logs. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in his second year, Aiden Shaw is at Missouri. Some of these, this game log um, reminds me a little bit of TV, you know. Like, mm-hmm. there, he ha- we would have some games. And then, you know, the next night he plays five minutes, doesn't score, turns the ball over once, and just a non-factor. But I think you can see that, you know, there's something potential-wise that you can really, really tap into. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, we might we might add him to the board, actually. Stay tuned for that. We're going yeah. to have some more faces up there next then week. Then again, do you want to try to – do you want to get them on campus and then try to have to coach the Missouri out of them again? They've run into that problem. They have done that. <laughs> so – <laughs> that's that's valid. Something to consider. Yeah, and he's been there for two years, so there's a lot of Missouri yeah. in him. Yeah. Although it's you know it's Dennis Gates, Missouri, and not Quanzo Martin, Missouri. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I do think, despite them being terrible this year, that Gates is a good coach. He's probably a a disciplined kid and stuff. I, I don't know. That's actually a good thought. He just doesn't have enough. He just doesn't have any offensive weapons this year, really at all. From what I could, from what I gathered last night, they just. That's tough, man. Kind of like a one-man show. And they are down a couple guys, like Caleb Grill, the uh, the transfer from Iowa State. The white kid with the man bun. Yep, he's been out. Uh, John Tanji, who I know they were really excited about from Colorado State, like a big wing who can shoot it, he's been out. Uh, so they were down a couple guys, too. So was Arkansas, and, you know, Arkansas beat up on them, as they should have, because we never pick Arkansas to lose to Missouri in basketball. Yep. It's just, Sorry. It's not going to happen. I, did, I picked against Arkansas against Missouri <laughs> on the last pod, but I'm I'm taking Curtis's advice from now on. We'll basketball, see. dub, yep. football, catching an L. That's right. That's right. 
Speaking of uh, speaking of picks, I, I don't know why we keep doing this to ourselves, but you know, like Tennessee, they failed us. Man. They failed me. They, they got got by the Cox. Okay, um, Kentucky. Now they were down two guys. DJ Wagner didn't play. Justin Edwards didn't play. They got got that by Florida. Never, Kentucky's never going to be at full strength this year. Are they? Right. Uh, what do we get right this week? So Ole Miss got Mississippi yeah, got State. Miss. Um, I don't even know who else has played at this point, but um, yeah, I think you hit you hit Alabama Georgia last night. Oh yeah, you nailed that one. Oh, it, it did go about the way the way I thought yeah, it would. You said they'd yeah. be shooting free throws and they'll probably win by eight or nine points. And then what do you know? They're <laughs> shooting free throws and Alabama wins by nine. Uh, Auburn took care of business with Bandy yep. at home. They covered that large spread. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've been all right, but like, it, it just seems like every time we do this, the ones that we kind of feel the strongest about, they were just, you know, idiots maybe. Uh, but that leads me into Saturday, which is just a, dude, it's a dynamite slate in the SEC. It's good, really and good. And we don't have lines yet, so we'll just kind of, we'll go through here and do pick but I would encourage everybody uh, to tune in Friday afternoon. We're going to have the next, uh, the next stanza of our gambling pod that's going to come out. Uh, where we will have all these lines and, and maybe go a little bit more in depth on this, but we'll we'll go rapid fire through it here. Um, who would have thought that South Carolina at Georgia would be, you know, a big time matchup in the SEC? But that's where we're at. The Gamecocks uh, taking on the Bulldogs at home. I mean, so, it, this is an interesting one to me because South Carolina has been about that life on the road. Yeah. Georgia's different at home. Yeah. I don't. They just they <laughs> did just lose at home too. You know they did. Maybe burst their bubble a little. Right. I. I'm going to take them at home though. I am going to take the Bulldogs at home. Okay, I'll go with South Carolina. Okay. I think I really do think they're about it. They're really good. I like. I just it. keep it, looking at them. I'm like, okay, like you just beat Kentucky, and then you went and beat Tennessee. Like how much how much do you have left in the tank? The answer is probably plenty because they've just been cruising. Yeah. Like. They're going to lose at some point, right? I don't know, man. You want to hear something crazy, though? I do. <laughs> South Carolina went to Tennessee the other night and won. Yeah. Michi Johnson was one of eight shooting. That's crazy. And Who scored? B.J. Mack had 16. Okay. Uh, Talon Cooper had 18. Uh, he's good. And Studi. They got Studi back. He had 13. Oh, uh, yeah. So That helps the depth a lot. You got, oh, you got three points for Michi Johnson, six boards, six assists, two steals. I mean, I guess the other things help, but that's a. If you told me going into that game, Michi was going to score three and they were going to win, beat a top five team on the road, I told you you're outside your freaking mind. Yeah. Well, but you just talked me into they're it. They're deeper. They're yeah. deeper than I thought. South Carolina's winning that game. Who the hell am I to bet against the Gamecocks anymore? You know, I've been sitting here saying all year they're not good. They're not good. No, they are. I they mean, are good. I think Talon. <laughs> yeah. Coop, I, I think Talon Cooper is a guy that I'm really enjoying watching too. Not yeah. just Michi Johnson. Um, but Lamont Paris is starting to get some Coach of the Year love. He is, as Not he should, just man. In the league, but nationally. Like nationally I know yeah. Jeff Goodman was. Uh, he tweeted this really awkward picture of Lamont Paris, like doing a thumbs up or something. Get him in the conversation. He's yeah. He's he's done a terrific job with this team. Yeah, like the game of the weekend, Missouri at Vanderbilt. Somebody's gonna get a win, Scotty. It ain't going to be Missouri. <laughs> no, it's not, dude. <laughs> They're bad. They're bad, bad. I joked with you earlier. I said <laughs> that game's going to go to overtime, and then <clears> one <throat> of those teams is probably not going to win an SEC game in regulation yep. all year. But I'll, I'll, I'll take Vandy. Yeah, me too. After seeing Missouri last night, I just I couldn't believe how th they looked like Arkansas has looked 
at times in SEC play, yeah. but not as talented. Yeah, there's just they're not a very good team. Yeah, give me give me Vandy in that one. Tickets are really inflated right now, six dollars. Jeez, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't. We'll get popcorn with that or something. I I would. I would not pay that money. No, watch that game. Absolutely not. Okay, uh, Florida, who's you know coming off the OT win against Kentucky uh, at Texas A and M, who just like we talk about underachievers and and people point to Arkansas in the league, and that's fair. That's valid. A and M, man, like. A lot of people thought they might be Final Four caliber, you know, SEC championship caliber, but they've just been, meh. You were all over that in the preseason. You're like, I'm not really a fan of these teams that just kind of run it back. Yeah. You know? They didn't add anything that excites me, and yeah. here they are at this point. Um, I, What I would probably – I'm going to assume that A&M is a home favorite, but I, I think, think I, so. would, I would probably take – a&M to win, Florida to cover, depending on what that looks like. Okay. Just because it's at home, I would not be surprised at all if Florida won that game. See, Texas A&M mm-hmm. is in their week off right now. Uh, so they did not play a midweek, and so they're you know rested up. You give Buzz Williams a whole week to to scout a Florida team. To play a team that just went to Rupp in overtime. Yeah. 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 Might be coming down off of a little bit of a high for sure. Um, I'll take Texas A&M in that game. I might like Texas A&M up to like five or six points in that one. There we go. I think it kind of gets spicy from here. Auburn at Ole Miss. Give me Auburn. Like that? Like, like them on the road? I, I get like it Auburn. Done? Yeah. Did, is that another team you said you're just never going to bet against Correct. again? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But then I bet them the other day when I think it was the night of our first live stream. They were at Alabama. Lose by four. Don't cover by half a point, so Fair. I don't I don't know, but I, I I just I really like that Auburn team and their chemistry, and I know they're not at home, but um, they take a little bit of swagger on mm-hmm. the road with them, and don't let do. them, don't let them start making some shots early because Katie Johnson and Chad Baker Mazzara yeah. and Dylan Cardwell, all those bells will start talking to you. Future Razorback Chad Baker Mazzara <laughs> versus future Razorback head coach Chris Beard. Yeah, kidding. Keep an Kidding. eye on that game <laughs> for a bunch of reasons. Um, I th- think I go Auburn there too. Where I will admit I was wrong against South Car- with South Carolina, I will not admit that with Ole Miss. And mm-hmm. I think they're good, but I don't think they're as good as their record suggests. Yeah. I, I think they're going to lose some games here down the stretch. I would agree with that. I thought that they were going to put Mississippi State away easier than yeah. they did the other night, and they just kind of let Mississippi State hang around. Um, let them put up a bunch of points too. That which is weird because yeah, Mississippi State doesn't do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I think, and I'm I'm probably gonna get old takes exposed on this <laughs> one, but I feel like this is the weekend where we figure out like everybody kind of figures out that Auburn's Auburn's kind of a serious player. Yeah, yeah. I think I might be on board with that. Uh, speaking of Mississippi State, they are at Alabama and they are going to lose. I would agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. Now, Tolu Smith might go 30-16, and Yeah, but Mississippi State's going to lose that game, Yeah, I think. I can see that. Mark Sears is so hard to guard, and then when Grant Nelson's knocking down jumpers like he was the other night, like he he hit back-to-back threes in the last couple minutes of that Mm -hmm. game um, at Georgia. If those two guys are cooking and they can get something from anybody else, they're so hard to beat, especially at home. And it's a primetime game. That – that arena will probably be pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah, that will be a good one. Uh, the other primetime game, pro- uh, this probably actually is the game of the weekend, is Tennessee 
uh, at Kentucky. Both teams Man. coming off a loss. That's uh, that's a that's a tough one to call. I I know where I'm going with it, but I, I want you to go first. Yeah, I'm going to take Kentucky at home. I don't Damn think it. they lo- I don't think they <laughs> lose back to back home games. Yeah. Um, but it's they're kind of slumping right now. They are. They've they? had three three eh, straight in a row. Pretty crap, pretty crap games. Um, I think sooner or later they're going to have their whole roster available. Yeah, and I think they'll look pretty good with their whole roster. But it could also take some time. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they've practiced together behind closed doors with everybody. Um, but it's it's different, obviously, when you got right. twenty thousand people in the building. I'll take Kentucky. Yeah, I think I'll take Kentucky too. I. In, I don't subscribe as much to the regular season Rick Barnes thing. Really? Uh, because it's just so hard once you get into the tournament. But I, I'm kind of starting to inch towards that fraud alert thing with Tennessee. And by fraud alert, I don't mean that they're a bad team. But in terms of being a, a you know contender for a Final Four, which some people have pegged them as, they've been a, five, a top five team. And the reason why is because, look, I think they've, they've got a bona fide – First team All American in Dalton Connect. Oh God, yeah. But that's him. Yeah. And you know the other night they scored fifty nine points and he scored thirty one of them. So he outscored the rest of his team. And I watched a lot of that game and it was very much they started panicking and it was get the ball to connect and let's just let him cook because we don't know what's going on. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when Purdue was playing Fairly Dickinson. And they didn't know what the hell to do, and they were just giving it to Zach Eady and saying, "Please, yeah. like, bell us out. Please Can you save us?" Yeah, and <laughs> and that's what they were doing with Connect. And listen, like, he's, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah, but Viscovy is not what he was before. He's their second leading scorer the other night. Had ten. Yeah, um, Ziegler, love him, but he's you know he's just fresh back from that injury. Josiah Jordan James is what he is, and they're not as big and as opposing as they have been in the front court. Like I like. Uh, Jonas Adu, I like Toby Akawa. I, yeah. I like those guys a lot, but it's not you know like they don't have the Euros Pavlich dude and you know, like they you remember they're just running like five seven footers. Yeah, it's a little bit different. They kind of took the Arkansas route. I feel like of trying to get a little bit better offensively, and they're still very good defensively. But it's not the, and I'm sure they're probably top five in the country. Second. But it's, I'm telling you, it's not what it usually is with Tennessee. It doesn't Tennessee. feel the same at all. doesn't feel the same. Um, I think that that was a long way away for me to get to my point, which I think they're vulnerable on the road. They just got beat at home, but yeah. I think they're vulnerable on the road. Um, you go to Kentucky, go to Rupp. They're hurting a little bit. They need a big win for the resume. I, I think I think Kentucky takes them down in this game. Yeah, I do, too. I, I who was out? DJ Wagner was out for Kentucky. Yeah, Wagner and, and Justin if, Edwards, who you know. Yeah, they get Wagner back. I wonder if they'll get Wagner back. Like I'm not a Kentucky beat guy, but um, you get Wagner back, they get really close to full health. Yeah, I yeah. like them at home. Yeah, Wagner, Dillingham, Shepard, and that backcourt, Antonio Reeves. Like that's maybe Kentucky takes the approach of just like, you know, we're gonna guard Dalton Connect. We're gonna guard him. We're gonna try, but just and like we're anybody game plan else for him. Yeah. Um, but. But if you want to get 30, we'll see if anybody else can score in double figures. Right. You know, exactly. Take, maybe take the South Carolina plan. Yeah. I'm with you. And then obviously Arkansas, you know, at LSU. I would imagine Arkansas is going to be a dog, you know, on the road. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, they were, I think it opened at four and a half against Missouri, and then it was hovering between five and a half, six and a half. Um, this one strikes me more as maybe 
two and a half, three and a half, you think? Yeah. I was th- I was legitimately thinking four and a half. Yeah, and maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I wouldn't like I'm not gonna be surprised if it's either one any of those lines yeah. when, it, when it drops. I I think Arkansas is gonna win this game straight up. I do. And it's not me drinking the Kool-Aid. I just think with the way they're playing right now, they're rolling. I, I'm starting to see that sense of urgency. Um, and LSU, again, they're improved. They're not that good, man. Yeah. I, I think Arkansas is going to get it done. And I think we're going to be able to have a week off as they prepare for, for Georgia. And we got a little bit of good vibes and some smiles on people's faces, even though they'd just be 12 and 10, 3 and 6 in the league. Yeah, I'm looking at, at Ken Palm, kind of the um, team comparison side by side. One thing that I think Arkansas gives Arkansas a shot in this game, and I think, I think I'm going to pick them to win too. Look at us. Never would have thought that we would have. We're back on it. We would have picked them. <laughs> Not drinking the Kool Aid again. I think it's just, um, I think it's just some of these matchups like. Arkansas is the number three team in terms of free throw rate in league games. Only one team in the league sends teams or sends guys to the line more than LSU does. On the flip side, LSU doesn't get to the line a lot, and Arkansas somehow is keeping teams off the line. And I get it that, you know, in some of these blowouts that Arkansas has been playing in, like your free throw rate's not going to be good because, or the free throw rate's not going to be, um, you know, high for opponents because they're just they're knocking down every shot, um, and then you don't. You, it's, at a certain point, you just kind of back off. Mm-hmm. Feels like, but that it kind of seems like the game plan for Missouri might might just roll it over again, right? Yeah. Limit your three point attempts, get in the lane, attack, try to get to the free throw line. I like that. Yeah. Give and me I the think Arkansas Arkansas's front court is get it's legitimately got me. A little bit excited for the game, yeah. Like just to kind of see, just to kind of see what they're gonna what they're gonna pull out of the hat this time. I will say that I agree a hundred percent. I am actually looking forward to watching this game. I haven't said that since before the Auburn game. Yeah. Like I was looking forward to that Auburn game, and then after they got waxed like that, I was I, since then I've just been like, dude, I don't like it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, but hey, they're playing hard. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of excitement coming from the the players which is nice to see and they got a little momentum so we'll see if they can uh can take it down to baton rouge we'll we'll find out bright and early man 11 a.m saturday it's going to be an interesting uh brunch situation here we will do the live stream again at natty state sports we're we're excited about it do you like the 11 a.m tip uh for our job yes yeah i definitely do but if you were a listener just a listener of the pod wouldn't like it now. I might like it a little bit more this year just because, you know, both teams kind of stink. So it's like, oh, just whatever, get we'll get it over quicker. with. I can go hang out somewhere <laughs> Saturday night, you know? Absolutely. Uh, but no, like if this was what you'd expect Arkansas to be and they were playing at 11 a.m. in Baton Rouge, I'd be like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think it's where I'm at with it. All right, man. Any parting thoughts? You got anything left? We covered a lot. We did good. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, well, just going back to the Arkansas-Missouri uh, shots defended thing that I, I, mm. I do after every game, several things caught my eye in terms of like, man, that's you love to see that kind of thing. And one of them was Jalen Graham. And then Tremont Mark gave up three, three buckets on nine shots defended. But Arkansas gave up 13 uncontested shots. I just – like you've got to tighten that up on the road because not every yeah. offense that you play is going to be Missouri's. 
True. You know what I'm saying? And I think LSU, what is LSU shooting it from three? Shooting it, you know, 34.7% for the season, 35.5% in the league. Yeah. You better get, get you. you better get out to your shooters um, and try to limit uncontested shots as, as much as possible. Uh, I think Kentucky was like 10 or 11 uncontested. And then obviously you had the game in hand, so I kind of understand why that number gets a little bit higher than you would like it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's got to be shored up if you, if you want to get another road win. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, parting thought for me, Arkansas won the matchup against Connor Vanover, and it didn't look that way early because he got he had a defensive rebound. He sprinted down the floor. He got an offensive rebound and a putback, and then he hit a three like right after that. And I'm thinking this it's gonna happen. Yeah, like this is like uh, Bebe's revenge all over again. Uh, but they got the best of him. They were taking it to him. Um, I wouldn't say he necessarily got dunked on. But he got dunked around yeah, several he times. Was in, he was in the vicinity of a yes, of a dunk. Exactly. And if he would have got dunked on directly, then it, it was decided on the stream that I would have had to take my shirt off. It, my shirt did not come off. Okay, because I'm very specific about what I consider getting dunked on. What happened to me on the YouTube videos? That's that's getting dunked on. Okay, exactly. What happened to Vanover? Dunked around, but it was still cool nonetheless. Uh, it was also cool to see him out there playing a little bit. I felt like those those guys. Um, it's almost like the coach at Arkansas told the guys about Vanover's strengths and weaknesses. Because, I mean, Makai Mitchell went out and with like without any hesitation. The only hesitation that I saw was he would shot faking him a couple a couple times. I'm just like, Curtis, you think Eric told these guys to like give him a like yeah, you know, do something like this and see if he'll bite. Right, and and then as soon as he leaves his feet the first time, wait for him to come down, put a shot up. Yeah, they had good success Get against that man's him. Body, they look good. They look good. All right, well that covers it. Arkansas LSU, eleven a.m. in Baton Rouge. I think it's an ESPN two game. Correct. Um, enjoy that. Check us out, NattyStateSports.com, uh, for some written content and previews. Make sure that you hop in uh, on the live stream. We enjoy that. A lot of chat, a lot of good conversation. It's uh, available literally on any type of social media platform you can imagine. So uh, if you're looking at all, you'll definitely be able to find it. But we appreciate you guys as always. It's been Curtis Wilkerson, Scotty Borderline with United States Sports, and we will catch you guys, wow, Monday.